Okay, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. So I, I mentioned that uh, the food for the soul is ibadah. Without worshiping Allah subhanahu wa taala, thanking Him, and without praising Him, and without worshiping Him, people remain all the life hungry. That's what happens. So the food for the soul is the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa taala. And hamd is part of that. So the first ibadah is to hamd, to thank Allah subhanahu wa taala, to praise Him. But ibadah is the food for that. As I mentioned. So people need four things. What you need? Fitra, a right nature. Then you need will, irada, to really to to know. In for example, if you, that I mentioned the example, that you know, first thing is the thirst. Thirst do you have got? Then will to find something which can quench your thirst. And the third thing is to find the to have knowledge of the water. And the fourth is to drink the water. So similarly, the first thing is this thirst of the ibadah in your heart. Second thing is the will, the irada, to get the right knowledge. And the fourth one, when you get the knowledge, the fourth thing to act upon that, to what is the right knowledge, right where the ibadah can come, how we do do we learn? For example, about the water, you need to know from one who knows. For anything in this world, the knowledge only can be correct if you take from the right source. You know, for example, if you you know, don't know a path, a road, you you know, is coming to Medina first time, I ask people where the mosque of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and if you ask someone who does not know, he will misguide you. Anywhere you go. You know, in the world, if you want to find out any address or any any way, you have to find the right source. The right, people have people must actually learn, the, you know, about the right source of ibadah. Ibadah cannot be taken from anybody. Ibadah must be taken from its right source. So, if you want to learn about mathematics, go to mathematician. If you want to learn about the poetry, go to poets. Thing like that. If you want to learn ibadah, you don't need to go to a philosopher. A scientist will not help you. Who will help you? The prophets and messengers. Because the prophets and messengers we are those who have right fitra, and they made effort to find the right answer from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and Allah revealed to them. That was the Quran about the Prophet Ibrahim as well. In Nukana, Siddiq al-Nabiya. Siddiq means he had actually you know, thirst and the will, and then want to find the answer. And then Nabi means Allah revealed to him the answer that how to worship me. So the prophets and messengers they have right effort. And they have got actually right knowledge of the ibadah, so that's why ibadah must be taken from its right source. And the right source of the ibadah is the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Both are revelation. The right source is the the revelation. And revelation are two types. One is the Quran, and the second is the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. What it means is, you cannot worship your Lord by your mind. Reason cannot help you how to worship him. Reason can help you for many things, but reason cannot help you how to worship. Reason will not teach you ibadah. Reason cannot teach you how to pray. Reason will not teach you that you know there are five times of prayer in a day. Reason cannot teach you. You have to learn this thing from from the revelation. Ibadah must be based on the revelation. If anybody teaches you something, <coughs> and which you know that it has reward or does not have reward, if he does not have the proof from the Quran and Sunnah, from right source. It never can be ibadah. Is it clear? That why clearly there is so much mis- you know criticism in in the Quran Sunnah about shirk and about bid'ah. Shirk basically is you make another source other than Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and bid'ah is that you know you mix with that source something else. That bid'ah. The shirk and bid'ah both are not allowed. Shirk basically means you make an ibadah you know to any other partner. And bid'ah means that you are not happy with the teaching of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You want to add something more from yourself, from someone else, and then you become happy. 
ibadah must be taken purely from the from Allah and His Messenger. Nobody has a source of ibadah. Ulama can make effort to answer your question, but they are not the source. If they make effort sincerely and they are right, they get double reward. And if they have mistake, they get one reward. But nobody has a right to add anything from their own without any proof. Anybody add something from their own without any proof, it is really big, big mistake. Corruption of the religion. That why bid'ah actually is one of the big problem in of, uh, for, for in, in any community. So the source of the knowledge what the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. There are two two sources. And as I mentioned, the Quran is the you know real teaching of Allah subhanahu wa taala, and the Sunnah is applying that teaching by the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The Sunnah is the application. That how the messengers applied the Quran to his life. That why you know people, Imam Shafi and many people say the Quran, Sunnah is the bayan of the Quran. So whatever Quran has been teaching, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam just implemented that Quran in his life. Sometimes not very clear to the people how to connect with the Quran. But if you look, look deeper, you can find every Sunnah somehow it is connected with the with the Quran. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam gets the information from the Quran and then he applies to his own life. So we have Quran and we have got the a sunnah, the first application. These two things are essential. Without them, you never can apply Quran to your own life. Can like in our time, people say, "No, we have to." This is text, and it, and we know our context. Let actually, you know, read the text and apply the text to our context. This is a mistake. It is not enough to, that you know the text. It is very important that you know how the text has been applied by the first person, by the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Simple thing is, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam was not a postman. That he came and delivered the Quran in every house. He was a messenger. He received the Quran, applied the Quran, and he taught you how to follow the Quran. It's not that he delivering the Quran in every house, and then after that we don't need him. Like a postman delivers a letter, then you don't need to know him. You just want to read the letter. He's not like that. You need to know him. You need to know how he understood the Quran. You need to know how he applied the Quran. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said that you know, let us be generous in our the messenger. We have sent you to you explain to the people what has been sent down to do. It is duty of the messenger to tell people how to act upon the Quran. You, this religion cannot be understood and followed properly without the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Simple thing: you cannot separate the Quran from the Sunnah. It is impossible. You cannot separate the Sunnah from the Prophet from the Quran. It, it never can work. And that's why the Quran says, "Qul in kuntum tuhibun Allah, fatabiyuni yuhibkum Allah." If you love Allah. Then follow the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Will love you. So messengers are very, very important, and that's why Muslims from very beginning they have been very keen to learn the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When he was alive, he was the reference of the Quran. If you want to know how to apply the Quran, go to him. And he said he used to say that Sallu kamar aytumuni wa salli. Pray as you see me praying. He said in the Hajj, Khudu anni manasikakum. Take from me the rituals of the Hajj. So he was the only reference, no other reference. So if you want to apply the Quran, follow him. When he died, then people need to learn from his companions. So now Sunnah became basically recording of the Sunnah. Means there are records. People will tell you what his Sunnah was. This record either exists in the mind of the people or in the writing. So we got now new word, Hadith. So Hadith is what? Hadith is record of the Sunnah. So we have got the Sunnah application of the Quran. Then we have hadith. Hadith came to record the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, which was preserved either in the mind of the people or in the writing. From the very beginning, there are many companies who used to write down uh, the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and there are so companies who memorized them, you know, from their heart. I don't want to go in history. And then second generation, 
third generation until we got you know major major works in Islam like Sahih Bukhari, Muslim Abu Dawood, Tirmidhi, and so many works. You know that one of the type of the you know collection has been in Islam in the hadith is what you call Arba'unat, the forty hadith. You know, there are some weak hadiths which actually tell you the virtue of 40 hadiths. So many, many people have been compiling their own 40 hadiths. Somehow, the 40 hadiths which compiled by Imam Nawi became much more famous. So there are many, many hundreds of the 40 hadiths, Arba'unat. This one it became very, very famous. And it is written by Imam Nawi, Rahimullah Ta'ala, who, you know, his full name is Yahya ibn Sharaf, Abu Zakariya, is Kunya, and Muhyiddin is his title. To Yahya ibn Sharaf, Abu Zakariya, Muhyiddin, and Nawi al Shafi'i. To Shafi'i and Nawi, because he's Nawa in Syria, and he was born in Muharram in the year 631. That, you know, that when he was born. And he died in the year 676. He was born 631 and died in the year 676. Very, very short life. But in that life, actually, you know, he's really. You know, he produced so much things and he has been teaching in Damascus and in, in Darul Hadith al Shafiya. In this 40 hadith, Mawnawi has mentioned that he has compiled the hadith which are Sahih or Hassan. Though actually there are a few hadith which are weak as well, around seven hadith. So, seven hadith collection, they are weak, some actually are very, very weak. So when I, it will come, inshallah, I'll point to you that you know what, the, what these weak hadiths are. So we don't have any so much time to go in detail about many of these things. <coughs> but inshallah, I'll read and explain a little bit, which can help you, inshallah, to understand that things. So he has muqaddimah. I'm not going to read from muqaddimah, just read the hadith itself, inshallah. So the first hadith in, in this uh, collection is hadith of innam al-amal bin niyat Imam Nawi Rahimullah says, Anamir Mu'minina, Abi Hassin, Umar al Khattab, the Latul Anhu, Kala Samat Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Yakul, Innaman Amal bin Niyat, Wainama Likulimir Immanawa, Faman Kanat, Hijra to Hilahi or Rasulihi, Fahijra to Hilahi or Rasulihi, Woman Kanat, Hijra to Ladunia Sibuha, Omeratian Kahuha, Fahijra to Hilama Hajra Lehe, Rawahu Imam al Muhaddithin. Abu Abdullah Muhammad Ismail Ibrahim Ibn Murida Ibn Bardizbah Al-Bukhariyu Abu Hussain Muslim Al-Hajjaj Ibn Muslim Al-Qushayriyu Al-Nasaburi Fi Sahihayhima Al-Ladayni Huma Asahu Al-Kutub Al-Musannafa So this hadith of Inna Mal'amal Ibn Niyad which is narrated by Umar Al-Khattar Al-Latul'anhu So this is a famous hadith you know everybody knows though actually in the beginning hadith was not so famous among all the Sahaba, the only Sahabi who narrated the Hadith is Umar Khattar al-Latanahu. No, this is the sound of Isnad. And from Umar Khattar al-Latanahu, the only person who narrated the Hadith is Al-Qamai ibn Waqqas al-Layti. And from Al-Qamai, the only person who narrated the Hadith is Muhammad ibn Ibrahim al-Taymi. And from Taymi, the only person who narrated the Hadith is Yahya ibn Sajjan al-Sari. In the fourth generation, you have got only one person. Yahya ibn Sajjan al-Sari from Muhammad ibn Rahim al-Taymi and Taymi from Al-Qama and Al-Qama ibn Waqqas al-Layti from Umar ibn Khattar then from Yahya ibn Salinasari hadith became very famous everybody in the world actually coming all the scars coming and learning from him and among the major people who narrated the hadith from Yahya ibn Salinasari is Imam Malik, Sufyan al-Thawri Sufyan al-Uyayna 
you know, big, big people of Islam in all the, around 300 people. So there are 300 people who learned this hadith, Faram Yahya ibn Sa'id al-Nasari. After that, it became famous everywhere. But in the first four generations, it was basically a narration of only one person. Imam Bukhari rahimahullah had mentioned this hadith in his book, Same in Times. The hadith has come in Sahih Bukhari, Same in Time. Imam Bukhari rahimahullah only mentioned in his Sahih the most authentic isnad. And the most authentic isnad, he has got seven, seven most authentic isnad for the hadith. And he mentioned hadith seven times each time for a new information, to teach you something new. That's how he, he does. Actually, the first time when hadith has come in Sahih Bukhari, is a, is a not complete, incomplete hadith for a reason. Maybe in, if I have time, inshallah, uh, I'll explain. First, I translate the hadith and then uh, you know, comment on the hadith. So, the hadith is coming from Umar uh, his kunya is Abu Hafs, and he's Amir al-Mu'mineen. The first person who became Amir al-Mu'mineen Islam is Umar Khattar Before that, the Abu Qasiddiq was called Khalifa Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The title Amir al-Mu'mineen came from Umar al-Latul-Anhu. He is the first time he adopted the title of Amir al-Mu'mineen, you know, command of the believers. And he's uh, saying that I heard the Allah the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam saying, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَّاتِ The actions are only with the intentions. To explain what it means later on. And for every man is what he intended. So whoever is hijrah or you know, migration uh, is to Allah and his messenger, then his hijrah is to Allah and his messenger. And whoever uh, his hijrah is for dunya to get it, a woman to marry her, then his hijrah is whatever he did hijrah to. <coughs> and the hadith is mentioned, Imam Abu said in, uh, by Imam Bukhari in his Sahih, and by Imam Muslim in his Sahih, in those books. Actually, hadith exists in every book, you know, in, in Abu Dawood, in Tirmidhi, in Nasahi, in, in Maja. Most Nuskhada, most don't have this hadith, uh, but Nuskha uh, of Imam Muhammad, Ibn Hassan al-Shaybani, when he narrated the Mu'attaf al-Malik, that one had got this hadith. But other one, the most popular one, Yahya Yahya and others, they don't have got the hadith of Inna al-Amal bin Niyad. This hadith is very important. It is so important that Imam Muhammad Rahimullah said uh, that the foundation of Islam, foundations of Islam are three hadith. Three hadith are foundations of Islam. The first one is hadith of Umar, so three hadiths are foundations of Islam. The first one is Hadith of Umar, Innamal Amal bin Niyad. Second hadith is Hadith of Aisha, Man ahdata fi amrina hadha, ma laysa minhu fahwaraddun. Anybody who invented in our matter, on this matter, in Islam, something which is not from that, it is rejected. And the third one is Hadith of An-Nu'man al-Bashir, radiallahu anhu, Al-halal ubayjinun wal-haram ubayjin. Halal is clear and haram is clear. All three hadiths will come here anyway in, 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 in this book. <coughs> Imam Muhammad also said, Laysa fi akhbarin nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam shay'un ajma'a wa aghna wa akthara fa'idatan min hadha al-hadith. Among all the reports which come from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there is nothing more comprehensive, more beneficial, and more useful than this hadith. This hadith is the most useful hadith you know, people can learn. Really. You know, this hadith you can teach anybody at any time. You know, there are some hadith you know, people don't need to teach. For example, in the same Bukhari, where you got this hadith, in the same Bukhari, there are hadith also 
that you know uh, that uh, the Prophet came to a place and he urinated while standing. So hadith of urinating while standing also in Sahih Bukhari. So now if an Imam comes in the mosque and he teaches people that the Prophet you know, was urinating while standing and he said in Sahih Bukhari, not right teaching. You know, if you teach in Namalawanabiniyat in the mosque to everybody, that's actually more useful. But teaching that hadith which also in Sahih Bukhari is not so useful for everybody. It could be useful for some time, but not all the time. So some hadith they are useful and beneficial for the people all the time. Something people need only you know, for, for a small question to understand. Many people don't understand this thing, that hadith, not all the hadith have same importance. Like for example, when, you're, you're, when the parent in the house, they teach their children something, so every single instruction that they give, not the same importance. Something more important, something less important. When you learn anything, any sciences, something are more important, something less important. So that actually must be understood uh, properly. Many people don't understand this thing. And they say, no, we are teaching hadith. hadith, it has come hadith. Even what you teach is going to divide the Muslim community, it is going to bring more problems for the community. They don't care. They say they teach hadith. This is not right way. You must learn really that what to teach and when to teach and who to teach. It is not enough that hadith in Sahih Bukhari. You have to learn properly really that, you know, do people need to learn this, this knowledge? And when they want to learn, when they need to learn. If your teaching can going to harm people more than benefiting them, then you cannot teach them, you are not allowed to teach them. So this must be kept in mind, that whenever you know, learn any hadith or teach a hadith, understand really what is more important. And this hadith certainly is the most useful thing that people can learn. Everybody if you should learn it, teach your children, teach your family people, teach your friends. This hadith, you know, everybody needs them. Imam Abdurrahman Mahdi, one of the great reformers of Islam and Shaykh al-Islam of Basra, Imam Shafi'i, and alhamdulillah, as I mentioned, Ali al-Madini, Abu Dawood, Tirmidhi, Dar Qutni, so many people. All of them say about this hadith, it is one third of Islam. If you divide Islam in three parts, this hadith is one third of Islam, these people say. Abdurrahman al-Mahdi, rahmullah, said, يَدْخُلُ فِي ثَلَاثِينَ بَابًا مِنَ الْعِلْمِ This hadith is useful for the 30 chapters of knowledge. The 30 chapters of the knowledge where you can use this hadith. Imam Shafi said, Imam Shafi said, for 70 chapters. There are 17 you know, things for which you need this hadith. Abdurrahman Mahdi said, This hadith should be made heading of every chapter. When you start a chapter, start with this hadith. It's so important. So you know, the people have to understand that this hadith is so important. So what this hadith means, you know, we have to, uh, you know, uh, make effort to understand properly. It says, "Innamal the actions are only with intentions, meaning actions, validity of action only happens with intention. So what happening actually is, human being is a creation with a will. You never can separate human action from the human will. It's impossible. If you want to understand human action, without understanding the human will, you never, never can understand. If you know that somebody hits someone, only you know that he has hit someone, and you want to understand, you never can understand. <coughs> Why? Because hitting sometimes can be out of love. Sometimes people love and some just you know, hit like that. And hitting, hitting can sometimes can be, you know, just hatred. People don't like, or sometimes discipline, sometimes something else. If you don't know the intention, the will behind that, you never can know the action. 
that you can see that any, any law, not leave Islam, only in a, even a British law, when something becomes crime, when, some, when people say it is a crime, when intention is there. If there is no intention, it is not a crime. In any law, the crime only becomes crime with intention. If people do the same thing but with mistake or something else, it's never a crime. Is it clear? The simple thing is you cannot separate you know, human action from the, from the intention, from the will. Human will actually basically is there. It, it must be understood. That's why Hadith says, Innamal amalu bin niyat, actions are considered with the intention. If you don't know if action, intention is not understood properly, actions cannot be understood. So that way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks at what? The intention. Because that's what actually, actions and intention both are connected. But same action can come from two different intentions. You know, sometimes there is good int intention for the same action. And sometimes, for example, when I pray, it could be I want to please my Lord. But sometimes I'm praying to teach my student how to pray. The two intentions. The first one was ibadah to Allah SWT. Second one was to teach the student how to do ibadah. It also ibadah, but secondary. The first one was my own ibadah to Allah SWT. Second one was how to, I'm teaching. And the third one also can be, I want to show people I'm so pious. The people know that I pray all the time. So then, it's not ibadah. It's it not benefit. It's like sin. Like Sheikh Saadi Rahmullah said, Kilide dare do zakhasta namaz, kidar chashmi mardum guzari daraz. The prayer that you make longer in the eye of the people, it is key for the gate of the fire of hell. So the prayer has been made to make you intend to paradise. But the prayer, if you do with the intention of showing off, showing the people, what happens? It becomes the key for the fire of hell. So that's why it is very important to learn in namal amal bin niyat. Actions are with intention. When people make intention and action both, to what they get? They get what they intended. So that's why next thing is needed. So the first thing was the major principle that you cannot separate human action from the human will. Both are connected. Actions are with intention. The second thing is coming is for everybody is whatever he intends. If you have good intention, you get good, good reward. If you have bad intention, you have bad reward. You can see really from your friends as well. You know, if somebody, you know, makes a property, you know, somebody hosts you and, you know, nice food and all those things, as his intention is to respect you. Nothing else. He does not want anything from you. So you love him. But if somebody, you know, same food, somebody gives you same food, same respect, everything same. But then he tells you the reason he, you know, received you so well because he wants you to do something for him. The reason behind that. So tell me, are you going to respect him? You can fulfill his, you know, whatever he wants because he has done something for you, a favor, so you want to do fa same favor to him. But not same thing in your mind. So when pe people actually get whatever they intend, so so if people pray for, to, for Allah they get that reward. If you pray because you want to teach someone, you get the reward of teaching, not the reward of the prayer. And also the hadith said, whatever they intended. It could be you do an action and you have one intention. You get that? You have an action and you have two intentions. You get that? I, I the many intentions you have got, you get reward. Because I say, mana, whatever they intended. So for example, sometimes you, when you go for the first prayer, you apply the perfume on your clothes nicely. The intention can be that, you know, when I apply the perfume, then, you know, I feel nice and, and then my heart is full in the prayer. You get reward for that. Second intention can be when I do this, I, you know, I feel nice and also angels, they like this thing. If you want to please the angels, you get double reward. 
थर्ड थिंग वी आल्सो इंटेंड दैट व्हेन आई डू दिस देन आई आल्सो प्लीज द बिलीवर्स अराउंड मी सो दे डोंट फील हर्ट बाय मी नो दे बैड स्मेल हर्ट्स एवरीबडी मेक देम हैप्पी यू गेट थ्री रिवॉर्ड्स तो यू कैन सी सेम एक्शन इट डिपेंड्स हाउ मेनी इंटेंशन यू कैन मेक दैट वाई दलमा से मोस्ट टाइम द डिफरेंस बिटवीन टू बिलीवर्स इज नॉट दैट डू डिफरेंट थिंग्स दे डू द सेम थिंग बट देर इंटेंशन आर डिफरेंट सो दैट वाई यू नो बुक सिद्दीकान हो इट इज नॉट दैट हिज प्रेयर्स वेर डिफरेंट फ्राम अदर पीपल्स प्रेयर वेरी मच बाई इंटेंशन वाज डिफरेंट ही कुड मेक फ्राम सेम थिंग सो मेनी गुड इंटेंशन विच मोस्ट पीपल डोंट डू दैट वाई शेख अबी रहा यूज टू से दैट द प्रॉब्लम ऑफ द मोसनस इन आवर टाइम इज नॉट दैट दे हैव बैड इंटेंशन द प्रॉब्लम दे हैव नो इंटेंशन दे डू गुड थिंग बट दे डोंट इंटेंट दैट थिंग यू नो वी इंटेंट टू द मोस्ट विद द राइट यू नो राइट फॉर फर्स्ट बट वी डोंट थिंक इट इज सुन्ना द प्रसलम वी ईट विद द राइट हैंड बट वी डोंट मेक इंटेंशन तो पीपल डू बट दे डोंट हैव इंटेंशन वंस यू मेक इंटेंशन देन बिकम इबादा इबादा नेवर कैन बी विदाउट इंटेंशन वाट सेपरेट्स वाट डिस्टिंगश इबादा फ्राम द आदा इज इंटेंशन आदा इज समथिंग विच पीपल डू विद नो इंटेंशन एंड इबादा इज समथिंग विच डू विद इंटेंशन टू प्लीज योर लोड तो इफ़ यू डू एन एक्शन टू प्लीज योर लोड दैट बिकम्स इबादा तो इबादा कम्स टू डिस्टिंगश द एक्शन फ्राम द आदा दैट वाई पीपल नीड So, if somebody had left his house, you know, his hometown or where he has grown up, where his properties, houses, or relatives, or everything, for the sake of Allah's messenger, then he gets the reward from Allah's messenger. You know, leave your property for Allah's messenger, you get a little better than that. If you leave your family for Allah's messenger, then you get better, better than them. So, if people's intention that they get like that, like when the companions they left Makkah and Mukarramah, intention was what for the sake of Allah to please him. So, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, you know, happy with them. But when people leave their 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 house for the sake of dunya, then they get dunya. So, like for example, when you know India and Pakistan were divided, so many people they left India and they went to Pakistan for what purpose? Not for deen, not to please Allah His Messenger. Many people went because they thought, you know, if it is Muslim country, we have more space and better enjoy, then we can do our business properly. They wanted basically a more safe, you know, home. So they they moved to to Pakistan, and now they call themselves Muhajir. And in Pakistan, there is Muhajir Qaumi movement. Muhajir Qaumi. If you are in Muhajir, it does not mean that you pray. Most of these Muhajir they don't pray. Nothing. They are Muhajir. That's their name, Muhajir. But they don't have prayer. Actually, I think many times I feel like the Muslims who did not do Hijrah from India, they are better in Ibadah than those who did Hijrah. Those who call themselves Muhajir. So this is not real hijrah. This hijrah basically for the for the worldly purpose. Similarly, for example, we people who came from India and Pakistan to England, do we hijrah for din for din for Allah's message for dunya for dunya? So if people do hijrah for dunya, they get whatever they have done hijrah for. People can change their intention, but whatever you make intention, that's what you will get. Our people do hijrah for women to marry. For example, you know, somebody want to marry someone, and she makes a condition: you only can marry me if you move from your place to and live here. And then the person moves. That's fine, but you don't get reward from Allah. You get reward as a marriage, but not reward from Allah. So sometimes women can men, men can make condition that you know if you want to marry me, move to my my place. So this is hijrah for dunya. That actually companions say. It actually hadith narrated by Amash, rahmatullah taala. It's a wakih written in his book from Amash from Shakiq Abu Abu Wail rahmatullah taala. He said Arab Bedouin he. Proposed, you know, to a woman to marry her, and she was in Medina. 
तो शी सेट टू हिम यू इफ यू वॉन्ट टू मरी मी यू हैव टू लीव योर प्लेस एंड कम टू मदीना सेटल इन मदीना देन यू मरी मी तो ही केम ही लेफ्ट हिज होम टाउन ही केम टू मदीना लेफ्ट लिव देयर एंड तो पीपल यूज टू कॉल हिम मुहाजर उम कैस द उमस नेम वॉज उम कैस तो ही डिड हिजरा फॉर द सेक ऑफ उम कैस सो दैट मुहाजर उम कैस मुहाज हिजरा इज टू लीव एक्चुअली फॉर द सेक ऑफ अल्लाह एक्चुअली सिंपल थिंग दिस मैटर इज हिजरा फर्स्ट शुड बी मेंटल हिजरा फॉर बाई माइंड देन फिजिकल हिजरा द प्रॉब्लम इज वेन पीपल वॉन्ट टू डू फिजिकल हिजरा विद हाउ द मेंटल हिजरा देर आर द मैसेंजर्स दे स्पेन लॉट ऑफ टाइम इन ईमान देन हिजरा कम्स नेक्स्ट तो फर्स्ट थिंग इज द माइंड इन माइंड यू नीड टू मूव फ्राम द कुफर एंड जाहलिया टू इस्लाम तो वंस यू हैव मूव फ्राम योर माइंड कम्प्लीटली फ्राम कुफर फ्राम कुफ टू इस्लाम देन इट बिकम्स ओब्लीगेटरी टू मूव विद योर बॉडी ऑल्सो फ्राम कुफर टू दार इस्लाम बट इफ योर माइंड एक्ट यू हैव नॉट डन हिजरा एंड ओनली योर बॉडी डज हिजरा इट डज मैटर एनीथिंग इट हैज नो मीनिंग रियली इन आवर टाइम देर हैव बीन सो मच डिमांड फॉर डिमांड फॉर ओ इन इंग्लैंड यू नो इफ यू देर यू डोंट लिसन अदान एंड नथिंग हैपन यू शुड लीव इंग्लैंड एंड गो टू सेटल इन मुस्लिम कंट्री डू हिजरा दिस हिजरा हैज नो मीनिंग बिकॉज योर माइंड एक्चुअली यू हैव नॉट डन हिजरा प्रॉपरली फर्स्ट थिंग इज डू हिजरा विद माइंड मेंटल हिजरा वंस दैट हैपन्स देन हिजरा विद बॉडी कैन बी यूजफुल आई हैव सीन इन मेनी पीपल दे लेफ्ट इन इंग्लैंड एंड दे वेंट टू पाकिस्तान बिकॉज दे सेट इन दिस प्लेस इन आर वेरी गुड फॉर द चिल्ड्रन एंड दिस एंड दट एंड विद इन टेन ईयर्स अगेन आई सॉ दम अगेन इन यू ऐसे वॉट हैपन ऐसे डिट वर्क आउट प्रॉपरली एंड सो मेनी प्रॉब्लम्स दिस एंड दट दे केम बैक रीजन इज बिकॉज इट वॉज नॉट प्रॉपरली डन द वे इज फर्स्ट थिंग मेक ए फॉर रियली टू टीच योर चिल्ड्रन इस्लाम देयर इफ यू फेल एंड रियली यू रियली हेट कुफर एंड शिरक रियली वॉट देन इट वर वर्क आउट बट यू जस्ट हैव सम इमेजिनेशन योर माइंड एंड जस्ट मूविंग विदाउट अ थिंकिंग दिस नॉट हिजरा तो फर्स्ट ऑब्लिगेशन हिजरा इन द माइंड हिजरा फ्राम द माइंड इज वेरी वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट द पीपल इन द माइंड शुड मूव फ्राम द कुफर एंड फ्राम जाहलिया फ्राम द शिरक टू अल्लाह सुल मेक मेक वेरी क्लियर देन बेसिकली फिजिकल हिजरा इज नॉट सो इंपॉर्टेंट इट इज इंपॉर्टेंट समटाइम बट इज समाइम विदाउट दैट स्टिल यू कैन सर्वाइव बट इफ योर माइंड डज नॉट हैज नॉट डन हिजरा प्रॉपरली इट डज नॉट वर्क इन ओ नेसेसरली ओके द फ्यू मोर थिंग्स इन दिस हदीस वी नीड टू अंडरस्टैंड एंड देन इशा मूव वेन वी से इंटेंशन इन ओ पीपल हैव यूज दिस हदीस फॉर सो मेनी थिंग्स रियली वन ऑफ माई टीचर इन मोहन शाहबाद इन आई लर्न सो मेनी ही से इन समबड़ी आस्क इन दैट हाउ मेनी इन फिक क्वेश्चन कैन बी आंसर इन द लाइट ऑफ दिस हदीस तो माई टीचर से आई सेट ओनली वन क्वेश्चन ही से नो नो वी हैव लर्न दैट फोर हंड्रेड क्वेश्चन थिंग्स दिस हदीस कैन बी यूज फॉर फोर हंड्रेड थिंग्स दिस तो थिंग रियली पीपल डोंट अंडर दिस हदीस वी हैज ओनली वन आंसर ऑल द क्वेश्चन दैट पीपल थिंकिंग दिस हदीस नशी विद दैट पीपल थिंग हदीस मीनिंग इज दैट यू नो इफ यू कम टू फॉर दोहर प्रेयर एंड इफ यू मेड इंटेंशन ऑफ आसर इट बिकम आसर दिस हदीस नशी टू विद दैट हदीस एक्चुअली समथिंग मोर दैन दैट वेदर यू मेक इंटेंशन ऑफ आसर एंड जोहर इट इज नॉट फॉर अल्लाह अनलेस यू मेक फॉर अल्लाह दिस हदीस इज फॉर सिंसरिटी इट इज नॉट दिस इंटेंशन लेट मेक यू मेक मच मोर क्लियर दैट टू टाइप्स इंटेंशन इंटेंशन विच इज विद द माइंड एंड इंटेंशन विद द हार्ट इंटेंशन विद द माइंड मीन्स मेकिंग इंटेंशन टू सेपरेट वन सेपरेट द आदा फ्राम द इबादा और द इबादा फ्राम द आदा और इंटेंशन टू सेपरेट वन इबादा फ्राम द अदर इबादा दैट वी कॉल इंटेंशन नीया अफल अकल नीयतलब नीयतलब इज दैट टू सेपरेट द इबादा फ्राम द इरादा फ्राम द आदा और सेपरेट वन इबादा फ्राम द अदर इबादा तो फॉर एग्जाम्पल इफ यू इन द मॉर्निंग यू वेक अप एंड नॉट हैव एनी फूड एंड यू डोंट फील वेल एंड ऑल द डे यू स्पेंड ईटिंग नथिंग एंड टिल सन सेट एंड देन आफ्टर दैट यू एट सो इट इज नॉट फास्टिंग 
Why? Because you did not have the intention which can separate the ibadah from the adha. Basically, you just didn't eat it, like many other times we don't eat, did not eat. But if you wake up in the morning and you make intention, you want to fast. So then you make your mind, it is basically niya of the aql, mind to separate the ibadah from the adha. If you come to the prayer and you have no intention, so we can enough of prayer, but if you make intention to make it for the prayer, so you're separating one ibadah from the other ibadah. That we call niyatul qalb. Niyatul aql. Niyatul aql basically is you know, to separate ibadah from the adha or to separate one ibadah from the other ibadah. So if I'm fasting today, so my intention is to fast nafl. To enough fasting. Oh, I did a qada in Ramadan. I missed one, one fasting in Ramadan. So I, I make intention to do for, for qada. It is qada fasting. So this is we call niyatul aql. Niyatul aql basically is to separate the ibadah from the adha or to separate one, one ibadah from the other ibadah. When you read the word niyyah in the books of the fiqh, this is the niyyah that they mean. When fuqaha discuss the niyyah, that's what they mean. They mean this niyyah of the aql, which separates the ibadah from the adha, or which separates the ibadah from the other ibadah. Is it clear? So niyyatul aql is intended when the fuqaha use the word niyyah. This hadith does not mention that at all. It's not about that. This hadith about something else, the meaning of the hadith is that when you do action, what is your end purpose is? Why, why are you praying? To please your Lord? To get paradise? If your intention is to please your Lord, then you get reward. But if your intention, for example, if I pray Zohar, I made intention, as, as Fuqaha say, so if you make intention for Zohar prayer, it will be Zohar prayer. But my intention is to please the people, to show them. A kind of Fuqaha, my intention is correct. Because I make intention for the Zohar prayer. But according to this hadith, is not correct. This hadith is basically discussing the niyyah of the qalb, not niyyah of the aql. This hadith is about ikhlas, not about the in, 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 intention that fuqaha discuss. Many people actually do mistake again and again. So like Imam Shafi, many people, they say that this hadith is appropriate for 70 chapters, 30 chapters. They mean the niyyah of the, of the, of the, of the aql, not niyyah of the qalb. Niyyah of the qalb you need for everything, not for 70 or 30 chapters. Every single action of the believers must be purely for Allah Taala. Is it clear? So this hadith, one misunderstanding of the hadith has been that people think this hadith means niyyah of the aql. Niyyah which can separate the ibadah from the adha or niyyah that can separate one ibadah from the other ibadah. So I'm explaining that this is not the meaning of the hadith. Meaning the hadith is after you have done that niyyah, then you need also niyyah to please your Lord. Sincerity. If that is not there, you don't get reward. Is it clear? Now I'm coming to a third niyyah, which we have our time. That actually has no value anyway. That niyyah with the tongue. So people think in, in, in India and Pakistan that you know, when you pray, you say with your tongue that I'm praying Zohar, two raka, four raka behind this imam. This niyyah has no value to any faqih. You say with your tongue, I'm praying Zohar, four raka, and your heart is, in, in, in your mind is asr. It will be asr. Whatever you say with your tongue, it has no meaning anyway. You don't need that. There, some of them say it will be that to say like that. Niyyah either can be the intention with the aql, mind or with the heart. Niyyah has nothing to do with, with, with the tongue. Nobody has used the word niyyah for the tongue. Nobody. So people don't need to say with your tongue. So when you're praying janaza prayer, don't need to say I'm praying janaza. It is what your mind, your mind is. When you're fasting in the month of Ramadan, you don't need to say I'm fasting in the month of Ramadan. Just your mind. When you woke up for suhoor, that's what your mind is, you're fasting. That's enough. You don't need to say this. Is it clear? 
So the niya with the tongue that many, many people do and they learn and they, they teach in Urdu language and the books. And sometimes I have seen the Imam before Janada prayer, they remind you how to make jana, intention for Janada prayer. And they spend half an hour to teach people how to make intention for Eid prayer. They, they teach people how to make intention. You know, you learn that, it doesn't make any difference at all. Because you don't need any intention by, by, by the word. You only need intention in the mind for the fuqaha. The intention of the fiqh is intention by the mind. An intention that actually hadith is teaching you and the Quran is teaching you, intention from the heart, purely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is it clear? So, the, you know, this should be you know, known properly that we don't need to learn intention you know, by, by the tongue. No doubt, it's very important that people, according to the hadith, that people should not do things for the sake of the people. Actually, the problem of the people is really because, like I mentioned earlier, yesterday, that most time actually, you know, in this world, uh, you know, we are impressed by the things eh, by which other people are impressed. For example, when you see in the, your child goes to school and he wants to buy, you know, certain types of shoes, what the reason is? That's because, you know, that's what he needs or it is because that's what the other people do. So many people do things because somebody else does. So they're impressed by the people. The most people do things because they're impressed by the people. And why the people are impressed? Very often by wrong reasons, but anyway. The most people, you know, they basically in the world, they do things because somewhere they're impressed by someone. So people want to have certain types of car, not because they need the car, because somehow they're impressed by the people who, have, who own, own a similar car. You want to have a car like that. So many young people, you know, in their clothes, in their food, in their style, in their work, they want to be similar by the people, to the people by whom they are impressed. Allah SWT is never impressed by that. So what can impress the people, it necessarily, not necessarily can impress Allah SWT. So keep in mind properly. It's not necessarily that, you know, in all those, you know, expensive, expensive you know, shoes or clothes, you know, that you buy, it also can, uh, also can please your Lord. No, he's not impressed by those things. To any type of house, for example, sometimes people think that, you know, I need to buy a house, you know, this, in this area, you know, very expensive, and people think it is the area, the rich people, and learned people, and this people, that people. You can buy the house there, but it does not necessarily mean it's going to please your Lord. It's not going to make him happy. They're spending money, but it's not going to be happy. So Allah SWT is not impressed certain necessarily by what people are impressed. Is it clear? Allah SWT's criteria is different from the people's criteria. Most time, we people, we basically we are busy to you know to to be true to the criteria of the people we the only measurement in our mind actually is the measurement that we see around so when we do actions that's what we do so when we buy a cloth not that is going to please allah but it is going to be impressive when we go to a restaurant to eat not because this is the food i need no because it is actually very impressive in the society to attend to go to that restaurant when when we want to Visit a place, we want to visit the place not that Allah SWT wants. No, the place that people actually <coughs> love. The most time, people are busy to make their place in the heart of the people. And Allah wants you to make your place to Allah SWT. That he wants, that he was teaching basically. That's what hadith means. Hadith means do things because to, you want to make a place next to, near to Allah, not in the heart of the people. It could be that what you do, people don't like, but your Lord likes it. So do things because he likes it, not because people like. Do the way he likes, not the way the people like. That he wants from. That what I, I said to you that actually mental hijra. Make your mind to move. 
to the more, many people they think if you move from you know, from England to Saudi Arabia you have done hijrah. But if you come to Saudi Arabia and you watch TV, it is the same thing that TV exists everywhere in the world. To so tell me what difference that is. If your mind always in TV, it doesn't matter even if you're sitting in the haram and you have a TV on your you know uh, on your phone. So what what difference make? Physically you're in haram, but your mind is somewhere else. We need the mental hijrah. That also unless one of the first thing actually is correct the mind of the people. Before making hijrah, before making any physical effort, first thing is correct the people's mind properly. So Allah SWT is teaching, you know, the, that main teaching of the Prophet's Messenger is that make your place to Allah SWT, not in the eye of the people. Make, please Him. And this intention is not easy. It really makes a lot of effort. Fadl ibn Ziyad said, سَأَلْتَ بَعْبْدِ اللَّهِ يَعْنِ أَحْمَدَ عَنِ النِّيَةِ فِي الْعَمَلِ قلت كيف النية؟ قال يعالج نفسه إذا أراد عملا لا يريد به الناس. فضل من زياس دا ياسك أحمد الحمر رحم الله تعالى. What intention mean? How intention can be? He says intention is that you make effort. You make effort that when you do something, you don't want to please the people. The intention that فقه سه does need any effort? No effort. It is so easy. The intention that fuqaha teaching, it does not involve any effort. Just, you know, when you pray for Zohar, just make and think about Zohar. That's all. The intention that Hadith teaches, it needs effort. That way, Ahmad say, you are a nafsahu. Force yourself, make effort that you're doing this action, but you don't want to please anybody. Understand properly. You never can reach to your Lord unless you make effort. So the intention that fuqaha says, it could be important in intention, but it does not need any effort. By intention that this teaching, it certainly needs effort. And that is to make effort not to please anyone other than Allah SWT. يُعَالِجُ نَسَّهُ إِذَا أَرَادَ عَمَلًا لَا يُرِيدُ بِهِ النَّاسَ Yahya ibn Bikathir, rahimullah, one of the great narrator of the hadith, among tabi'een, and some people say he's one of the six players of the hadith, he said, تَعَلَّمُ النِّيَّةَ فَإِنَّهَا أَبْلَغُ مِنَ الْعَمَلِ Learn the intention because it is more effective than the action. To think really properly, what we do learn? We learn the amal, not the intention. Everybody learns how to pray. But people actually don't learn why to pray. What the purpose of the prayer? Why, what they want from the prayer? People don't learn this thing. Everybody learns you know, how to do umrah. But they don't learn why you want to do umrah. What is your soul behind that? What is the purpose behind that? What are they doing? So when you learn the prayer, you know, you learn all those things, but you don't learn anything. For example, when you learn that the prayer of Zohar is Fajr time, and the Zohar one is Fajr is in the Fajr time, Zohar is in the one sun declines, and Asr is this time, Maghrib is this time, Isha is this time, you learn these things. You're learning Amal, but you are not learning really the Niyah behind. Think properly why Allah made the Fajr in that time. Why He made the Zohar when the sun declines? When he, why He made Asr? when the sun is about to set. Why he made the Asr, Maghrib, when sun sets? Why he made the Isha, when darkness is there? Why he made this timing? What difference it makes? Think properly. It will help you to understand his purpose. And the action only become action when your intention meets the intention of the lawmaker. If Allah SWT makes something for a purpose, and you also have the same purpose from the same thing, then you get, get reward. If you have different intention, you don't get the reward. Anything. If Allah SWT made the 
further time for a purpose and you have the same purpose in your mind then you get the same reward but if you pray for time and you don't know really what for time means you don't know what dhuhr means you don't know what asr means you don't know what maghrib means when you stand in the prayer then you read the quran in the rukwa side you don't read the quran if you don't understand why why reading the quran is why you stand and why in, in rukwa sajda that tasbih and not reading the quran if you don't understand properly you don't need to properly you get can some reward but not the the real thing that why it is very very important to learn the niyya and niyya only can come when you understand what is the purpose of allah swt from behind this action to think for example allah swt made eye to see and nose to smell and mouth to eat you know this thing then you use properly but if somebody does not learn this thing and start eating with the with the eye and smelling with the mouth what will happen tell what will happen in in, in can benefit that actually happen for many of us we people do many actions but we really don't know what purpose behind them we to we misuse them to we don't get the real thing that why the fuqaha say you know learning the niyyah intention is much more important than the action first learn really why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it then you have the same intention intention of the of the slave must meet the intention of the master if the master ask you to do something for a purpose the slave must do the same thing with the same purpose So like you know in India, you know these Mughal rulers they have made such a big, huge building, big, nice building, you know, palaces to live. Now if you go there, monkeys are jumping there. Did they make this intention? What the purpose of the Mughal emperor was that the monkeys will come and jump in the palaces and they live there? That's not the purpose. Now the what happening is, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has made this universe for what purpose? You know, as a food for your mind, for your brain, for your heart. Now people are misusing them. you know they they go to the to to the sea side and uh, uh, and the water side instead of <coughs> learning from that they go and they become naked and you know take off the clothes do you think it is it is use use of that thing that way allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made think for how much misuse going happening people don't understand really why allah made something and how you use it he made for something else so he made the nose to you know to smell and now they eating with the nose so how can he, how how can he appreciate that this actually what that why they say learning the niya is more important then learning the amal anyway i stopped here inshallah because you need to have some question and uh, yeah sure so if you have question please ask um uh, sheikh you mentioned in the beginning that um the hadith was gharib in in the beginning would that not take from the authenticity because it took four generations for it to become mashhur you know you said no because i think hadith gharib does not mean hadith is not sahih uh, sahih has a certain condition So hadith uh, in this hadith in the Malam Al-Niyat, in narration, comes from the sources which are reliable sources. So that's what we need to learn. Not necessarily every hadith becomes uh, you know, known uh, to everybody and everybody narrates them. Umar Khattab, no, no doubt, he, he taught the hadith on the member. Many people know hadith, but only one person narrated. So there are many hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, only one or two companions narrate. It does not mean that people did not know, but they only narrate. So hadith being gharib does not mean that's sahih. Any questions from the uh, sister side? Any more? Okay, well, one question from the brother. Oh yes, um, I just wanted to ask, um, I, I make an intention to do something. Um, uh, my intention, you know, Allah is aware of that. Um, what, if, what if I'm boastful, I then come back and make an announcement of my intention? Does that any way 
decrease the ajr of my amal, of my action, uh, because of my boastfulness. Yeah, it depends actually when you announce what intention then you have. Because sometimes, for example, you have a poor intention for Allah, and then you announce because you want other people also to follow the same intention. You get double reward. So, for example, you know, you want to build a mosque, and you have only 1,000 pounds to make intention that you purely want to make build a mosque. And then you think if you announce that you have given 1,000 pounds, other people also will give. So you get reward of all the people. But if you, you know, have pure intention, then it, shaitan comes to think, oh, let me tell people, the people know how important I am, how pious I am. Then you correct your intention. So in a, basically, even announcing also is an action. So you have to have purity of intention in every action. So when you first time made intention, pure intention, when you want to tell the people, make pure intention, every single time people need to make more you know, pure intention, every single th time. Um, is there any situation where sometimes people, it's a thing that's common amongst the people when they, when they talk, they, if someone does something haram, for example, something that's cle clearly haram, they just say now, it's a common statement, people just say, all actions are judged by the intention. So he meant well, so somehow that takes away the responsibility of taking care of avoiding the haram, for example. So is that ever possible? Is it something that you can Yeah, I know that the ulama have said really is that when Allah says, He wants to test you who is the best in action. So the, <coughs> the thing meaning is two things. Meaning is a right intention and a right action. Do a kind of sunnah and with sincerity for Allah. So if actions are done not a kind of sunnah, don't have reward. So for example, like you know, if you're traveling uh, from here to England, pure intention, you want to go to England, but you take a flight going to Paris. So tell me what will happen. You know, if you take a flight from here, which goes to Paris, an intention to go to England. Are you going to arrive to England? England? No. You need both things. You need right intention, intention and you need right action. And right action depends on right knowledge as well anyway. So people need to do action according to sunnah and they need to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Both are important. sunnah sincere action and more according to sunnah of the Prophet Haram, and if people think haram can make them to reach Allah, ulama say it becomes kufr. So they say somebody is gambling and say bismillah rahman rahim while gambling. They say it is kufr. It's it not, it not an easy thing. To haram with intention of good, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inna Allah tayyibun, la yakbar illa tayyibun. Allah is pure. He does not accept, except pure thing. It's not that you do robbery and intention is going to help poor people. No, if you want to help poor people, earn money, make effort, little money, but, but not with the robbery. Yeah. We don't purposely change our intention or you know, we don't want to change it. But can, can you repeat again? Now it is so we, we sometimes start off with a pure intention, good intention for something. And waswasa can come in and cause you to change uh, your intention or give you thoughts in your mind. And um, how, how would you advise us to try and maintain the, the purity in our intention, try and maintain um, you know, what we began with, the good intention that we started with? You know, th understand the proper, you know, properly then in the life, believers are in always, you know, in a fight with shaitan. It never can happen that he leaves you. He never loses hope. 
he all the time keep fighting you so when you make intention is there then he will remain with you until he corrupts your intention the meaning is you must do mujahada full effort all the time until you die there there's no easy way <coughs> and you know to keep making effort but when you keep making effort it becomes easier for you to do but shaitan always remain there that our test is there so there's no solution really but understand that shaitan cannot force you he only teaches you if you learn his tricks properly you can defeat him uh, but in no doubt there's no easy solution it is always problem really because people make intention then intention becomes correct in the in the way then again they improve the intention then again shaitan comes it keeps coming going so you have to be aware of that all the time Sheikh, you said um, this particular hadith can't be used for uh, the the intention aqli yeah. uh, and how scholars have applied it to uh, the fiqhi questions. Yeah. Um, and this actually could uh, actually applies to the whole of Islam yeah. rather than just those specific um, yeah. chapters. So which hadith do you think um, applies to those? Because uh, fiqh also needs proof, right? So if this isn't the hadith that those scholars have to go refer to in order to prove the the the, um, the importance of intention, uh, akli intention, mm. which is the other one that they would have to use? No, the simple thing basically is that actually to us is more connected to the action rather than intention. You know that intention is actually itself action. To make like in a prayer, it basically action. To when you say prayer, absorb it is same same thing action. The real intention really is this thing, sincerity. So you can say that you know when we say you know do action, the meaning is when the time of Zohar comes, pray Zohar prayer. If the time of Zohar comes, you praying Asr. So you are not praying. So basically, that intention what they say it is part of the action. It's not really something different. The meaning in the time of Zohar, you pray Zohar. If you do Qada, you do Qada. That's what the action is. If you do Qada and you make intention of nothing, you are not doing the action. So that actually more connected to the action, not not really with the sincerity. Is it clear? Um, if you have an, a pure intention for an action and afterwards um, people are impressed by this or people uh, praise you um, if you become if you naturally just become pleased with people's reaction is that a corruption of intention you know no doubt you know, if somebody makes pure intention so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes wants to reward you in this world. The people see and praise you and all those things. So there's no harm in that. It is reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Unless next time that also becomes part of your intention. That the problem is. So that's why don't look at what people do. After that if people praise you, thank you, whatever they do, <coughs> no, don't worry. You know all the messengers, they work so hard, but then people praise them. They thank them, but their intention is pure. It always happens, like, you know, if people teach, people read the prayer, people read the Quran, if the intention is pure, it will happen, some people appreciate that. Appreciation of the people does not corrupt you, unless you corrupt yourself. Simple thing really is, bad intention is not something somebody else can influence you. It is you do. Intention is your own action. You, you yourself actually make it. <coughs> so if you make effort to make it sincere, it will remain sincere. That's why people are responsible. If it is other people's action, you will not be responsible. To everybody's intention is their own action. They, they have to think. So if people praise you, it doesn't matter. <coughs>